I miss a green, for example, I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg. Fried egg. The dreaded fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg. Fried egg lie, I'm about ready to run off the golf course. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. It's your host, Andy Johnson, and I'm joined by DJ Pajowski of Scratch and uh, Brendan Porath of SB Nation. Welcome on, guys. Hey, man. Good to be here. Yeah. Running it back again. Running it back. So Don't uh, want to uh, think Tron needs to worry about his roster spot here, but... Happy to fill in again. Well, Tron's got a, um, you know, he's got bigger engagements. He's got, you know, he's got big things going on. So we uh, big timer. He he is. I, but you know that that's his uh, that's part of his uh, his uh, pro trash holding. So we we Manny him. Fresh. Mm-hmm. So, I think this is good though. This is like when uh, when Bob Ryan sits in on on a PTI. That's good. I love it. <laughs> Just a little, <laughs> little, uh, some new, new takes, new perspective, you know, a little less spicy, a little more nuance. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, gonna make it even spicier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> might be him spicy at me, but you know. <laughs> so uh, Brooks Kepka, your 2017 U.S. Open champ. What do you guys think? Uh, man, I don't know. It's one of those things. I think that like, there's nobody that's surprised that it happened. I don't think. I mean, he's a player that's played great at you know big manly golf courses, which this certainly was. And you know, he's been in the moment. He's been close in majors. I mean, it's kind of the progression that you you expect from these guys, where they show a bunch of talent, they you know get close a couple times, and then they finally break through. And like. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of turned into a bit of a snooze fest, unfortunately. I think, uh, you know, Brooks Brooks hitting some of the shots he did down the stretch made it fun to watch. Not necessarily, you know, interesting from a competitive standpoint, but it was fun to just see this, some of the shots he pulled off, some of the putts he made. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it uh, to borrow a phrase, I think it just, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I, I see, you know, to borrow a line, many people are saying that they had this as like a long shot call, but like, you know, it, it's not a long shot for anyone who knows anything about this. It's as expected. It's 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 no more shocking than I would say if Ricky won today or, you know, Thomas won today or maybe even, you know, if Spieth won. Like, yeah, Spieth is, has more name recognition, but. We've kind of, you know, Kapka only has one PGA Tour win, which, you know, maybe, you know, kind of the golf nerds. He's He's got too much of a cult following, you know, that's not commensurate with one, you know, waste management Phoenix Open win. But, you know, I think everybody saw this as a possibility and it's not really a long shot win. Um, it was it, you know, the day lacked a little kind of little sizzle there, you know, but him streaking down the back not and maybe that's an old old man media complaint andy uh, that it lacked sizzle but you know him streaking on the back nine was cool that was that was fun to watch just like jt the prior day on the back nine was fun to watch you know that's what what i would ask you andy is kind of like you know you talked about how this set up for every player but what did you think of like did i, I thought 15 was like a great example of that you know it's hardest hole in the course brooks is everyone just says power 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 like he's a masher and then he plays, you know, it makes a birdie on 15, you know, with 356. That was kind of all strategy and, and, and touch. So I don't, I don't know. Do you think that like affirms, that's going to affirm like the lazy take that this was just a bomber's course? Hey, I've already heard it. You know, we expected a bomber to win, but like Brooks won because he played the best, you know, like he didn't hit any bad shots. You know, it was, it was fairway and then green and then, you know, he rolled in some putts and, you know, you look down 
you know, 15 or, you know, 14, 15, 16. That was, you know, those were just incredible shots he hit over and over again to to make birdies there and, and basically put it, put the whole tournament to sleep. I mean, 14, uh, you know, easy birdie for him there. And then 15, that wedge shot was just so good. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't, one of the things I don't think Fox did was to t- give enough of a narrative of how difficult 15 was playing because, I mean. Some brownie that, points. Yeah, it was uh, it was a full shot harder than the day before and a half a shot harder than the the first two rounds. And it was already a tough hole. So, you know, the, for him to hit that iron, uh, it's a really hard driving hole with that iron because it's really narrow. And then he hits a wedge right up there to this small back shelf. I mean, then he goes and birdies the next hole, which is a tough hole par three. I think, uh, I mean, he was the best player this week. He hit what is it, 90% of his greens, 88% of his greens? That's yeah. 10 greens for the week. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, I think it was cool, though. You you saw Harmon was there playing a completely different style of game. I mean, I know he's not, like, he's not short, as everybody wants him to say, but he's not long. You know, if not many people expected him there. You saw Bill Haas is another one. He's in the top five. Completely different style player. Um, you know, Patrick Reed, 13th oh so close to his first top 10 in a major i thought his Ryder cup pants were gonna you know carry him to that top 10 first ever yeah i mean i think the crazy thing i think people uh overlooked kepka's major record coming in totally you know he's got a top 10 at the at the british he had a top five at, at the u.s open and two top fives at at pgas coming into this week like you know that's that's far better than JT's major record. It's it's probably about about the same level as Ricky's, and uh, you know he 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 was flying under the radar for no reason because he was playing great golf all spring. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think you know I was looking earlier today, and we're kind of texting back and forth with both of you guys, and looking at that cluster of guys that was, you know, there was whatever five six guys that were kind of within a shot or two, and. You know, you know, it's a major Sunday, and and one of those guys is at least is going to get just vaporized. And I mean, yeah. it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to, it, it was kind of hard to pick out who that person was going to be. And you know, I was kind of thinking, like looking at Brooks, I'm like, ah, maybe, but you know, it's just, yeah, he's he's been there quite a few times, like more times than people realize on the Sundays of these things. Here's and here's, the Ryder Cup is another example too, and. So Kepka was the only player that shot four straight under par rounds. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's hard to beat. He he played the best and he was the most consistent. He was never in trouble all week, you know? Yeah, you kinda kept waiting for him to, to lose it or to kinda hit some wayward balls or something, but I mean he just yeah, he was just never in trouble. Like you know, he had maybe had a couple par like a couple lengthy par putts. Like that was when he's making bogey. He's not he's not out there making doubles and the kind of stuff that knocks you out of contention. I mean, he just was kind of impossible to catch. He he bludgeoned it. Yeah. Do you think that? I mean, I don't know. It, do you think that was kind of why he won? Did he hit? Did he hit the right angle? Or do you think he just he won it because he hit a, whatever three hundred seventy nine yards on eighteen and that kind of stuff? So it, it was interesting. I heard one of his, uh, you know, one of his post round interviews, and he talked about how, like, he just was hitting driver and hitting it far and he hadn't hit anything more than a seven iron, you know, didn't play long. And I think it was a, you know, there was a lot of different ways to play the course. You know, I, I think I've, I've written a lot about it, but his way, what like he went out there, took advantage of the wide fairways and hit the driver spectacularly well, you know, where he did not miss, you know, and that's what, what DJ, what Rory, and what Jason Day did was they didn't hit the ball well. You know, they missed a lot. And if you don't miss and you're hitting drivers well and you're hitting 8-iron, 9-iron wedge, 7-iron, and all these other guys are hitting 6-iron, 5-iron, 4-irons into greens, like your your birdie putts are going to be shorter and you've got a lot less chance of missing greens and a lot less chance of making bogey. I thought watching him this week and and just kind of his like his you know 
just the fact that he never did miss and he was just zoning for 72 straight holes, it felt a lot like watching Jason Day a couple years ago. It just feels like a super similar style, and, and it's almost like these two guys that when they're on, they're just like fully optimized machines that just like can't miss. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know if you got that. And I, I kind of felt the same way as I feel when I'm watching Jason Day, which is like, man, I know this is like so impressive and, and awesome, but for some reason I'm just like – not that into it. Yeah, I felt. I mean, you could. <laughs> I, I, you definitely felt that way more, even than the power was like the putting, the back to back on fifteen and sixteen, where like just that trademark day, like pouring them in from whatever, like fifteen feet to to like like put the gas down and you know grind it out, you know just grind everyone else to dust. I thought like you know, fifteen was like ten feet coming back down. Yeah, that was 16. a slick putt. That was a hard putt. Sixteen was a pretty big, you know. Bender, you know, and that was whatever, 15 or 17 feet. I can't remember. But, you know, that's like trademark day. Just mash and then, you know, be just like a machine on the green, like you said. You know, that, you was, to... that was day pre-blade collar. I know. That's true. Wow. Interesting. I don't, I, I don't no know majors for the blade collar. Yeah, Brooks is defiant. And I, I kind of applaud him in that regard. <laughs> you know, defiantly anti-blade. And you saw like those little bubble boys, you know, the whatever uh, Tron called them, like the the. <laughs> there were so many different takes, like slushy machine, gender reveal, you know, Rory and uh, Jason Day kind of ejected early, but you know Nike, Nike boy Brooks defiantly anti-blade, and he's there with the trophy. Makes you, know, you think. Something <laughs> I saw uh, Jonathan Wall tweet yesterday that I thought was so interesting is is Brooks. No equipment deal. This yeah, year. I didn't realize he, that. He made himself a lot of money today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is curious. I wonder what the trade-off is with, like, you know, if he, like, what the incentives are if you win a major on those equipment deals. Like, those things stack up. But, I mean, I don't know what is, do you know what's in his bag? Like, he, he, I know he has one Nike like, club. Really? Fleetwood like was a... playing that Nike driver all week. <laughs> it's awesome i saw someone tweet like they're gonna have to start making these clubs again if he wins yeah, i don't remember exactly. who said it uh but I, I think i saw taylor made woods i'm not sure i don't want to well, i don't want to give any uh he, any kind of un, unpaid for brand advertising here yeah you know? yeah speculation it's, it's a big no-no on the fried egg pod <laughs> it's uh yeah I'm, I'm not in the pocket of uh big carl's bad <laughs> <laughs> so uh Brooks, 27, top five, two top fives in PGA. Like, I mean, he's going to win one of those, it seems like. Yeah. Um, top 10 at an open, which should fit his game really well if he gets the right side of the draw. And U.S. Opens should be, I mean, like, is is this a guy, I mean, like, how many, I Honestly, thinking about when I'm putting it, when I was just writing about this a little bit is is like this guy could be one of the guys that wins three, four majors. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think, you know, I don't know if it was lessened by like the lack of presence, you know, chasing him just because like JT and Ricky kind of faded. But like his round a day was outrageous. It was a 67. And yeah. I don't know like why if it just kind of like why people were not like freaking out the way they were maybe with Hideki. Hideki's was around at the day, 66. And then after that, it was Brooks. And he was already, he was in the second to last group. Right. And he shot a 67. I'm not sure like we're giving that number like the proper credit just because maybe like no one was kind of pushing him. You know, it was just him. I mean, but Harmon was right there and then he vaporized him. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they, they, maybe that's why too, because there was just like no one kind of keeping pace and all of a sudden it, got boring i wasn't i don't know it was odd i don't think we're giving that 67 enough credit i i think i think sometimes when you uh you know when you when you win by one and you come and you birdie the last hole or something it just feels like a much better round than when you just shoot a flawless 67 you know what i mean like winning by four almost hurts uh it, <laughs> it, like i don't know if this makes any sense but i mean it almost hurts like how we look at the round because it just doesn't feel close and it just feels like he was completely in control the whole time rather than actually like responding to punches or something like that which i think is kind of what you're talking about right 
I think it. I think it's so interesting too because, like, you know, it was one of the most packed leaderboards and bunched leaderboards. It had big names. It had, you know, it had Ricky and JT. Fleetwood is a, you know, becoming a, you know, star in Europe. And this guy, yeah, I mean, this guy just blew them all out to sea. It is funny, man. Like, I I forget who I was talking about. This might have been earlier in our our pre-tournament podcast but just look at the last what 16 20 majors something like that like the guys who are winning these things you know there have been a lot of pack leaderboards and it hasn't been the no-name guys that emerge out of those packs like almost ever i mean we're we're joking about it and like you know the biggest quote-unquote no-name guy was danny willett who was like number 15 in the world or something when he won right and it's like man these guys are just to win one of these tournaments, man, you got to be just an absolute horse. That's what, like, the whole, like, oh, you got a long shot. Like, I had Brooks. Like, that. that's what, like, bugs me. Like, and maybe <laughs> right. that's just the nature of kind of the, whatever, this is, like, the post-Tiger era where, like, anyone who wasn't Tiger was, you know, I had him. I got, that was, like, a good call because I didn't pick Tiger. But, like, <laughs> all these guys, you know, we said, like, the last seven first-time winners – save for Willett, but Willett was like a stud at the time. You know, he's not right now, but he was a stud when he won the Masters. Like, they're all completely, you know, realistic, no fluke, like totally reasonable champions and not no, nothing is shocking about this. And I think maybe that's kind of just like how we're adjusting to this like post-Tiger era where, you know, if it's a guy that maybe like Skip Bayless has never heard of, it's all of a sudden like some stunner, you know, Cinderella story. But we haven't had any of those. I There's have no to say, Skip was right. A tall player won. That's true. All the short players kind of faded at the end. <laughs> Isn't he six feet? I mean, come on. I think Brooks, is he that short? I, or That's not short, but he seems bigger than that. He does seem bigger than that. He's 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 built like a brick shithouse, but I don't know. Um, he actually wanted to play baseball. I don't know if you guys heard that. Oh, I, I heard athletics aren't in his family but i didn't know about that one (laughs) so so uh you know i think uh we've talked enough about brooks um what about girlfriend gate you have any thoughts on that does that (laughs) fit your uh you know i think that's what andy's audience is really into golf (laughs) architectural (laughs) yeah i think your audience is really big into like the off the course lifestyle choices of these guys tell you what it's amazing how many people like there's some serious like bloodhounds out there rummaging through the Instagram archives within oh. seconds. Ridiculous. It's uh, it's whatever you know. It's he is cool. six feet, by the way. It's it's wow. cool and right. neat and fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, curious who you guys are are thinking uh, in terms like who's who's your most pleasant surprise this week? Like what player? I think for me it was, and granted, you know, today's round went a long way, but I think it was Hideki. That was awesome to watch some of the shots he was hitting. And, like, you know, I, I think we were saying earlier, you know, he's he's just done in by his putting so often. Um, and it was just cool to see him, you know, hold some putts when they really mattered and, and not fade away and not make, you know, miss short chances and all that kind of stuff. I thought it was – I'm so pumped for him to win one of these things, which which obviously doesn't seem like it's very far off. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, yeah, when he walked off the 18th green, I was just kind of, like, flabbergasted. Like, God, this guy's such a killer. Like, I love watching this guy. 66, just kind of wasn't really on TV until, like, the back nine, just fires a 66. Like, a day after, it, or two days after, you know, he could have shot maybe 63. You know, he, he burned some edges on Friday. He's By the way, just, he, he opened with 74 in the first round. That's right. <laughs> and then shot 12 under it's just, for the tournament. So I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm going. Uh, Harmon was obviously so fun. I, I mean, yeah, he's kind of he's not going to give you like a ton of like fist pumps, which is cool. But he's just he's cool to watch. I think, and you know, he had really no major kind of results. You know, he hadn't done a ton at at the US Open, but he's cool. I I, I loved. I tweeted about it. You know, the X Man when he finished and it looks like he just missed like a Masters uh, exemption, but uh, he was cool to follow. Like I, I got into him kind of randomly last year at the web a web finals event and uh you know because he had he had already 
got his card. It was just, I don't know. It, and, and some web guys tipped me off saying he, he was on a run. So I followed him. Well, and, no, he, he got his card through finals. Right, 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 right. So he was, he was cool to watch this week in his first, you know, ever U S open. He's in double digit under par, which they said would win what all the two U S open. So he was, he's cool to watch. I, yeah, he, he, what I was impressed with, he shoots at 66, he shoots 73, which wasn't bad backing that up, you know, and that was, right. you know, and, and then he comes back, he, I mean, he played great. Most guys, you know, most of the younger guys kind of faded on the weekend, you know, like Cameron Champ faded, um, you know, who else was up there? I, they had, you know, basically guys that, Jeff. you know, you don't expect there usually fade yeah. away and he was there till the end. Um, you know, I was impressed, uh, as much as I want to say Trey Molnax, my boy, but, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, because yeah, that's like, what I was going to say too, you know, he hit some like really bad shots and had some moments where it could have gone really off the rails quickly, but it never seemed to like, he never seemed to let go of the rope. If that makes sense, you know, um, like, you know, when he had that, that kind of disaster on 18 yesterday, but then hit that like unbelievable chip back up to, to save bogey after, you know, playing ping pong. Um, and then today, you know, on four, he puts the ball off the green and you're like, Oh boy, this could, this could get out of hand. And then he, you know, manages to get up and down there, save bogey. But like you know, he was—you never felt like he was going to win, but you never felt like he was out of it. You know, he had a chance. Yeah, he's got a fun game and good personality, good story. I'm I'm in on uh, on seeing him a lot more. What do you think about uh, what do you think about Pat Reed fading today? I uh, didn't think much, and I didn't think much beforehand. Um, I don't know. I just thought. You know, I, I thought Tron's tweet, believe it or not, was instructive, you know, that is discrimination against his ball flight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had he had to kind of he was trying to make a pretty desperate charge to get up into that cluster that was, you know, at 12 and eventually 13 under. I think he just probably, I don't know, playing playing to win. You're, he just was going for it and couldn't couldn't make the birdies. I mean, it is, it is interesting that the days he played well were. Thursday and Saturday, which were the soft days, you know. I mean, it, yeah. well, there is probably something to it. I mean, that's Andy's Andy's take, which I love. But there's something to you know, just the hard draw into those greens. It's like it's a tough one. You know, as somebody that used to hit a hard draw, you know, when you hit a hard draw, you eat hot dogs, and when you eat a fa- and when you hit a fade, you eat fillet. You know. It's- Ball you're like away. Hogan. You're like well, Hogan. <laughs> like here, here's the thing with with Reed. Like, I, to be very frank, like, so Reed went 13 greens on Thursday, 13 greens on on uh, Friday. Shot the, one of the most. I I can't believe people haven't talked more about this. He shot 65, hitting 12 greens. He made eight birdies and only hit 12 greens yesterday. And today he hit eight greens. Like, simply put, like that doesn't win you a U.S. Open. Yeah. You, know, you look at Kepka. Kepka hit seventeen greens today. He hit fifteen greens yesterday. He hit fourteen greens the day before, and sixteen greens on Thursday. So you know, Kepka's worst day was better than Reed's best day, tee to green. You know, it's. You can't win U.S. Opens without hitting the ball good. Yeah, I mean, look, 68-75, 65-74. That's a roller coaster. Yeah. And <laughs> Captain America. It's, uh, he's, I mean, he's great when, when conditions are, are soft. And, you know, he, there's, there's only so many pins you can get at. And, and it's tough to play in a wind when your ball moves one way. You know, it's, it's just it's hard. What do you guys think about uh, JT and uh, Ricky? Yeah. I don't know. I just saw Will Gray tweeting, you know, uh, but that, like, 
Thomas said he struggled to not like read all about his 63 on his phone yesterday. I don't know. It was just, he said, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I don't know that it was necessarily like unexpected after the high of yesterday. It seemed like that would have been hard to back up. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I was kind of more disappointed with Ricky really just not really again like it's hard to say with Kepka shooting a 67 like you can't fault these guys for not keeping pace with that but I just kind of expected Ricky to not it seemed like he played like a little conservatively down the stretch I don't I don't know I don't I'm not trying to go Brandall Poulter here but uh <laughs> I just kind of wanted a little bit more and expected a little bit more of, of Fowler I think on the JT front I mean I I guess I'm not super super familiar with uh, his wins. I mean, I guess enough that you know that like they've all kind of been these like really massive margins of victory. Um, I don't think we've really seen him go out and like grind one out quite yet. You know what I mean? Where I think I think when it starts to go sideways, I think that's why I think that's why I just like I'm like the biggest speed homer in the world is like. That guy just fights and fights and fights and fights and he'll miss a shot and then, you know, he's back making birdie on the next hole. And it seems like when things start to go sideways with JT, I mean, he gets, you know, it's well documented that he starts throwing clubs. He starts finding things to blame, that kind of stuff. And I mean, everybody kind of externalizes things differently, I'm sure. But that's just kind of the feeling you get when you're watching him is like, man, it it just doesn't look like a guy that's going to like dig deep and, and, you know fight back and, and get back into it i will say i was surprised he was I, I i wasn't surprised that you know he didn't win or was pushing at the end i was surprised he was basically completely ejected from the broadcast by the fifth hole like we just yeah. he was done by the fifth hole i was a little surprised by that yeah Maybe? i i mean i think it's incredibly hard to back up really really great rounds nothing ever seems yeah. to go right you know it it, it it's just something that's very hard, and it's. I think it was a bad break that he got into that last group. Yeah, I think if he was not in the last group, it would have been a lot better. You that's know? interesting. Yeah, um, I think so. Fowler made the turn, and I, I texted somebody. He's like, you know, I, 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 it kind of felt like Fowler had weathered some, you know, storm, and it was like, oh, like here's where he's. I think he he ripped one on ten. You know, it's like, oh, you know, like this is where he could turn it on and and put together a nine. And I feel like that's kind of where we've gotten with Ricky is that he gets to this back nine uh, in a major and you're and you're waiting to see what he did at the players happen in a U.S. Open or a Masters or because like the Masters this year, he was still in it. Um, And and it just doesn't happen. He did that yesterday. I mean, after he bogeyed the 13th, and he's kind of like, you know, after sitting on top of the leaderboard for 36 holes or, you know, at near the top, he bogeys 13, and it's like, uh, Fowler's like, you know, falling out again. And then he birdies three in a row, 14 yeah. through 16. And yeah, the course was harder today, but I still, like you said, I think we we're just kind of expecting some, you know, one more punch there on the back nine. He didn't really do it today. I, th- I think, though, you know, you get close in golf and you have these moments of like where you don't where it doesn't go your way. And if the key is just keep putting him, putting yourself in that situation. I think, it, you know, it, it's becoming where he's he's becoming more and more prevalent again. It, it's more of a matter of when, not if. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I would be surprised if he's not there again in whatever, three or four weeks at Burkdale. Um, speaking of Burkdale, one guy you definitely got to look at for that, uh, Westwood. <laughs> Little what, 151 on the weekend? <laughs> you know, Westy Island is, uh, you know, you, you see like, you know, something like a, you know, a beach town post uh, hurricane. That's kind of the state of Westwood Island right now. It kind of feels like one of those uh, one of those towns in like the northwest that used to be like a really big like forestry place, <laughs> and then kind of all these logging companies left, and now they're just like really desolate and kind of like full of crystal meth and kind of delusional people. 
That's what West. That's what Westy Island kind of feels like to me right now. You know, your your man. Big the crackpots that are still in, still inhabiting it are just I, you know I, just no sense of reality whatsoever. I, I just want you to know your big man, Big Leash, is down two to one to Westy this year it's in true. Tur- tournaments. That's so, true. We got know, two more. We got two more. Westy, Westy, you know he. Uh, I would say tour championship as well, but Westwood definitely will not be there. So this is Craig the. Uh, I I would say this is probably the last year for Westy. You think? Well, he's gonna fall out of the top fifty. What was he saying about the golf course? I don't know that. I need to. I need to. He needs to answer my tweet. <laughs> Dear Cause, sir, because because there could be a. I could be packing up. I could be shuddering up and out, off Westy Island if uh, you know if he answers that the wrong way. What did I he think, say? What did he say? I didn't actually see it. I, I think that uh, it, it was he was asking about the course in relation to par. You know, basically. In, I mean, Westwood likes when scores around par. Like he's not going to win. Yeah. When it's he's not going to shoot sixteen under. Yeah. But he can shoot even par. He can yeah. Shoot, Two under, four under, six under. Survivalist. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, he's a fairways greens machine, and this week it didn't work out. It's, uh, you know, he's, but he's a guy that could go out on a, on a really, really windy day at, at Burkdale and shoot like a 68 when everybody else shoots 75. Yeah. What did you, uh, so what did you think of how it played today? You wish it had been like that? You know, you said, the 15th you like when the 15 is a full stroke harder and then you know generally the course overall was a lot like is that that's how they wanted it to play basically i mean it it still wasn't firm you know like yeah, the, yeah. firm like when guys can hit shots and there's no you know there's no penalty for being out of position as much you know when the greens are soft and i mean you see it week to week it's it's one of the sad things about the pga tour is like how rarely it plays firm and fast. You know, it's 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 the best defense because then all of a sudden when you miss the fairway, you know, it becomes that much harder to hit the green. It makes it, you know, from the fairway even, you have to be so dialed in. I mean, it, it firm and fast is the way to go, and that, that course was never firm and fast. And, and, you know, if that place is firm and fast and it's windy, it's a disaster. You know, it... it yeah, it might have gone the complete opposite way, where people are like, "This is out of control, hard." Well, that that's my problem with all the people yesterday saying it was too easy. They're like the same people who, you know, today probably said it was boring because you know it was harder and more even par scores, and then they'd say it was tricked up and unfair if you know the leader was at two over or something. They're just I, the kind of people who are never happy. I think for me, it either has to be. I mean, not just for me. I'm sure this is pretty obvious, but. I think the days where it's super exciting, like yesterday, where people are making birdies and eagles and all kinds of things, I mean, obviously those are incredible to watch. And I think the days when it is brutally difficult and guys are just getting ejected constantly is when it's good to watch. And today just like felt really stuck in the middle, which I think was a lot of, you know, had a lot to do with the course being damper than they wanted to and them having to kind of, you know, put a lot of front pins uh, to kind of try to protect a lot of the holes and stuff. I think it just kind of—I don't know—it was kind of set up to be set up to be a good day, like in relation to par or, or whatever. You know, to not to not have another big scoring day, but it was also set up to just kind of, you know, it was set up to kind of be what it was. It was kind of a little flat and and not all that crazy interesting. So you think we're going back? That was the big thing. Like Chambers is, you know, eh, never coming here again. And there was. <laughs> You know, speculation, they might get one of those, whatever, like four balls or something, and then they didn't get that. And it seems like people think we're, we're going to get this again, Aaron else. I hope it does. I mean, I think it was – I just I, – I wrote an article about this uh, yesterday, but, like, this was the first U.S. Open where being long, for the most part, with the exception of guys like Jim Furyk, but, like, being extremely great off the tee – wasn't a prerequisite. And I think that's so good for golf because like you got to see Brian Harmon. Like mm-hmm. if this is at Oakmont, Brian Harmon is probably fortieth. Brooks right. would have still won. Um you know, but 
you wouldn't have had, I don't think Xander Shoffley would be up there. I, Bill Haas certainly wouldn't have been on the leaderboard. Shea Revey. Shea Revey. I mean, Stricker. If Kucher. You, yeah, it, it, it allowed different styles of play and what makes other players great be showcased. You know, and I think that that's the cool thing. Patrick Reed hitting 12 greens and shooting 65. Yeah. His short game was off, out of control, and that wouldn't happen if there was, you know, eight-inch rough around the greens. But Yeah, what did he chip in, like, three times yesterday? Yeah, the short that short grass, like, the short grass around the greens, really great pitchers of the ball, like, feast on that. And guys like Westwood are putting and having them roll back down to their feet. Right. Can we just can I can I bring that up for I love how the US Open that those chipping areas, the US Open makes these these terms of art and closely mown became a, a noun. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you hit it to the uh, closely mown. Like it's just like faxing these guys just throwing these terms out. It's ridiculous. The kettle moraine. I I love it. Like only at the US Open does these like these terms just become you know, ubiquitous, closely moans. What What do you guys think? Coming back? I hope so. I loved it. I mean, I, I thought it was awesome. I think anytime, you know, I'm, I'm biased, of course, but anytime you go to the Midwest, I think you get awesome crowds of, like, good golf fans and, and people who are, like, pretty hungry for these kinds of tournaments and support them well and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I was all in. I mean, I think they got a little unlucky with some poorly timed rain but other than that i mean i don't really think you can i don't think you can say anything bad about it. i mean good good winner good you know good setup everything was everything was good i thought yeah I, i'm totally fine with it going back i think it's just you get this hostility to new venues because there is so much competition and there are so many classic courses even just in the midwest that you want majors going to that are kind of off the road and let, i guess that's my, my one lament is that like you need property to accommodate these. And maybe the course layout is sometimes secondary to the operations being able to set up across the property. And that's where it seems like the USGA is kind of like, is kind of doing a cool thing. I mean, I'm sure if you're a member at one of these like really classic courses, you're not into this trend, but you know, this, this kind of model that they're building now where they're, they're kind of building these golf courses specifically to host us opens is, you know, it's just interesting i think and like that's kind of what they did with chambers bay it feels like and you know i think it backfired i i still low-key think that a u.s open's gonna go back to chambers bay not for a long time but i think it will <laughs> um just because I, I don't know i feel like they like got so much skin in the game when they when they developed these venues that way and uh i don't know i'm, I'm kind of cool with it it's basically them kind of building their building their stadiums around the country basically yeah I, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, and like, let's, let's keep in mind that Aaron Hills was, was up against Cog Hill number four, which got a, uh, got a restoration, just, just got, <laughs> just got the character just wiped right off its face. And like, frankly, I wouldn't even say it's one of the 50 best courses in Chicago anymore. So wow, it's just, it's sad. What happened to that course? <laughs> it's crazy. So, as much as I would have loved, like the twenty-minute drive from my apartment there, it it wouldn't have been as good as Aaron Hills. So, Are there any uh, upcoming Chicago uh, majors? No, 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 nothing on the radar. I don't think. Right? No, we've got a. We don't have like. We've got Medina, which is you know the PGA thing. Yeah, it, you know it. it I I just don't think it really like doesn't get the juices flowing. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Olympia Fields. The problem is it's south of the city, so you mm -hmm. don't have like the the fan base. Like you, you where you draw fans for golf tournaments is in the from the north and the west. So you need it, you know, to be in one of those two areas. Um, I, I Butler is the the course that would be the ideal u.s open course i mean that mm. place could host it tomorrow um but they are all men and if if i forgot my shoes my fiance would have to drop them off at the gate 
So don't think don't think not that's good. gonna fly. Not no. good. I don't think Diana Murphy's going there anytime soon. So yeah, I don't think so. Until they they drop that, um, I don't think we'll get we'll get anything big for a while. I don't. I just don't think you know. I, frankly, I don't think we have that great of we have great golf courses. We don't have great. We don't have Shinnecock. We don't have Marion. We we just don't have one of those pedigree. We don't have mm-hmm. Oakmont. You know. Um, Shinnecock should be awesome though. I heard they're they're really. I heard they're widening fairways. <laughs> and the, been, the trend is real. And they've been expanding greens, so we should see a lot of what we saw at Aaron Hills at Shinnecock. Awesome. I think that speaks to the question: Is the USGA woke? I think that's more Shinnecock's woke. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think. It's I mean, I feel like the USGA has got pretty. They got to have kind of carte blanche over what happens at a lot of these venues right well they're getting it back to the original design yeah so you know i think it's just the overall trend of classic courses is getting green sizes back getting fairways Mm -hmm. back to original widths and and it's it's a way better golf we saw it this week it's just when the fairways are wide it lets all types of players play it's not just who can hit their driver best yeah so Let's do a quick overrated underrated. Let's do it. John Rahm. Ooh. Oof. Wow. That's a good one. <laughs> Brendan, I'll let you go first. <laughs> uh, I will say underrated. I think the backlash was just too too hot this week. So now he's gone to he was he was he was he was catching a little too much trendy hype. And now yeah. he's he's back to being underrated because people think he's you know too hot. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he, yeah, I think he was so underrated that he became overrated, which makes him underrated. Right. right. Yeah, I agree. What about? I mean, I'm, I'm in on I'm in on throwing bunker rakes. <laughs> Punching signs. Love it. Love it. Um, I'm 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 still in on him. I. I like we talked about with uh, JT, it's it's tough when things start going the wrong way. But uh, underrated. Um, backlash was high. Siwoo Kim. Ooh, underrated. Underrated. It's just uh, a killer. I watched him last night. I'm such a fan. He he did a uh, flash. He did yeah. he did a press conference with no translator. You know he's. I, I love it. I love it. He's just he's just a killer. Well, all these other guys are antsy. He's just like deadpan, ready ready to go out and carve it up. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it, finally, I, I was watching live from last night, and finally, you know, Brandel was like, you know, we might need to look at last year's statistics instead of this year's and realize that this guy made it to the, you know, tour championship. Yeah. It's like, right. Like when you see a, a series of withdrawals from tournaments and miscuts, like they're serious, probably something going wrong, you know? Yeah, it's, I think uh, he's a he's he would be a good. Um, I know you guys both love the player A, player B, uh, take the names away comparison. Mm-hmm. And if you said you know you have this twenty-one-year-old kid who uh, has won a players, uh, won another tour event, made it to the tour championship, all this stuff. I mean, like. If he was, you know, named Michael Smith instead of Si Woo Kim, I think he would probably be a lot more popular. Frankly, Woo, I mean, it's it's one younger. of those things that, like, I, I don't know how, what else he can do to like show people how good he is. Here, here's a good question, good follow up on this: like, who's got a more impressive career, him or John Rahm? Yeah, I don't know. He's Si Woo. I think I think John Rahm is a. He's like a, has the benefit of just us knowing more about him because he went to college here and because he played some other tour events before getting his card and all that kind of stuff. He just had a little bit of like built-in cachet. But again, kind of the player A, player B. Like right now, you have to say Siwoo Kim, right? He's younger too. Yeah. Really? I don't. I didn't know that. Shit. Yeah, John. Yeah, Rahm, he's twenty-one. Yeah, John Rahm's twenty-two or twenty-three. So, you know, you got. It's kind of crazy. It's, uh, you know, um, so, uh, I had another one. What did I have? 
Oh. How about, how about Fox? Fox. Overrated, underrated. Uh, ooh. Uh, underrated. Underrated. I, I think there's just still that stigma attached yeah. from Chambers. But, uh, but like, you know, people have watched the last two years know that they've improved a bit. What do you think, Andy? I, I love um, how many golf shots they show. I, I, I don't think Jackson. He's laboring. Good. You know. Really? Yeah. How good was uh, How good was having Gil Hance on there? It was week? good. But here's the thing: is like they they didn't let Gil Hance like really go in. You know, that's something that bothered me. Is they have they have this world class architect up there, and they put. Um, who do they put next to him some of the time? They had Darren Clark next to him. Clark, yeah. 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 It's like, let this guy like go in. Like, what, Gil Hans for 30 seconds, like, he, he can do stuff, but, like, give him, like, a, a real thing and let him, like, he knows what, you know, and have somebody help him and say, like, hey, these are, this is this type of player. Like, explain why they're playing well here. You know, explain mm-hmm. why this is doing, like, why this is happening explain like and that is what you know like you had this guy here and he said some insightful things but he never they never took something to the next level where i was like whoa like you know like this is like you know and i think that's the thing they're missing out on is that they i don't know if it's they don't have anybody there that can like that can coach gill up to that to get to that point and maybe that like there's the issue where you could you know say like Let's talk about that, you know, like, and, and he'd, and once you lead him into the right direction, he probably would come up with pure gold, but mm-hmm. I feel like he never got led into the right spot. I think even just having him have a seat at the table, so to speak, is like a good step in the right direction, because I think a lot of the former players are really good. Um, Johnny comes to mind for sure, um, as guys who can put you in the moment and like describe what's going on. But a lot of them, I mean, have a tendency to, you know, Darren Clark was, was okay. I don't know that I really heard anything from him that was like went beyond kind of cliche and like, you know, kind of taking up space. But so I think having just having a really, really, really smart non-player at the table, I think is good just for balance. I guess my like one kind of, I don't know. I, I hate playing like media ombudsman all the time because the stuff's hard. But um, I guess like what you're saying is I, I, I think there's like too many people at the table sometimes. And granted, yeah. when you're on the air for more than nine hours, like you can't have I, I just want more of their best people. Mm-hmm. And I know that's hard when you have like a nine plus hour broadcast. But like, I don't know, it just seemed like there were too many people like they'd throw it to Holly Saunders, who like does like a 15 second introduction of like a Shane O'Donohue video essay on like the fields of Wisconsin, you know, like it just felt like there's too many people doing and not getting enough exposure. You know, you want more of the best people, but see, that's, that's kind of my point is like, I don't think they gave Gil enough time to really, to get it, let him get what he could have given out. Like there is so much he could have, this golf course was like an architecture nirvana for a modern architect because like it was, you know, it, it had so many little like intricacies and so many little things. And in like, just talking about like what happened with the leaderboard was you never see, see this at a U.S. open. And like, they never let Gil talk about, Hey, why did Ricky, like, what did this course do that made the, the top three guys, Rory, Jason day and, Dustin Johnson missed the cut. That wouldn't have happened at Oakmont. You know? Right. Why did this happen here? You know, in in trying to kick it over and and give him something where he could say, like, this is why. Right. Um but did you I think, think yeah, overrated, underrated? I don't think he gave a verdict. Uh I think underrated. I think a lot of I, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I mean, I think there's room for improvement. Um but there's always room for improvement. We all uh, said underrated too. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that a lot of the stuff that they kind of quote unquote messed up um, is stuff that's really ticky tack that I don't really yeah. care about, and it's it's messing up the name of the girlfriend. Like, I, I mean, I don't care about that. Like, whatever, just do a good job, like showing the golf. Um, and I think that 
kind of their outside the course stuff. Like, uh, I keep bringing it up, but I'm dead serious. Like, the Ken Brown brownie point stuff about how the holes were playing was so awesome. I was yeah. like, made everybody in the room stop talking when those came up because, like, you learn so much about like these holes. And I, I tweeted something about it, but like, my favorite part about that was just it's such a good indicator of like how quote unquote easy it is to like make impactful segments on these broadcasts. And like what they did with those things was they went out there with one camera. They took one take. There were no cuts. It's just Ken Brown riffing. And it probably took six minutes to shoot that thing. I mean, he knew what he was going to talk about when he got out there, but like, it's not like it requires a huge graphics package and a huge, like, you know, a camera crew shooting for three days to get all the B-roll for these features. Like, no, just, like, take somebody who really is passionate and knows exactly what they're talking about and has a good personality and can carry a segment and just turn them loose and, and let them go do that. And I think that's what you don't see on the week-to-week telecasts, um, at least not nearly often enough. And I think that the other thing was they did do a lot of the big, the big features and the big kind of, like, essays and packages and stuff, and I thought a lot of those were... You know, I, I think a lot of times those segments have a tendency to answer questions that like nobody's asking or like care about. And sure. uh, these segments were all like, I thought they were all did a great job of like explaining something that you either were curious about or should be curious about. And like they, they did a really, really good job with that. And our boy, yeah. our boy Bacon did well as as well. That's always fun. That's to, always fun to see. Fun to cool to see him up, yeah. up on the big screen. Uh, yeah, I would just say, you know, I know those segments, like they have to do some tape segments cause to break up the live stuff, sometimes they're sold and advertisers things like that. Like, yeah, that's exactly what you should do. And maybe cause like it appeals to us cause we're already in the boat. Like we're golf nerds. We're watching this. We don't need like, you know, the emotional essay on whatever else, but like him just with a whiteboard and like a basketball or yeah. yesterday with the balls, like showing us the slope of the green was had me locked in. I was completely exactly. locked in and. The other times, like when we do those tape bits for whatever, a normal PGA Tour broadcast, I'm like, you know, wandering off and looking at something on my computer. I just don't yeah. care. But I was locked in. Yeah. It's, yeah, so uh, I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's only going to only gonna get better. Yeah. And actually, I think it, it kind of, a lot of the stuff, I mean, everybody points at like the Pro Tracer stuff, but like there's a lot of things that I think, you know, the CBS and NBC producers are probably watching that broadcast very, very carefully and, and looking at a lot of these ways that, you know, they're incorporating things that, that you don't see on a week to week basis. So hopefully it kind of keeps pushing the, pushing the ball forward or pushing the stick higher or lower, whatever the metaphor is. (laughs) Hey, last one. Par. (laughs) It's the most, the most overrated thing there is. It just doesn't matter. Like you're, yeah, you're going to get consensus here. It it doesn't matter. It's overrated. Par's over. it's so dumb it really has it it doesn't matter at all like to me to a certain extent johnny's right oh yeah johnny's always right (laughs) (laughs) how how much how much would you have paid to have johnny in azinger's seat today watching jt (laughs) well i think what got buried yesterday was him you know, calling it the Milwaukee Open and calling it, like, an easy setup. But those were, like, the headliners. But what got buried was, like, the other quotes, like, the specialness of my round is not altered by this. I did this in the final round of the U.S. Open at Oakmont. The specialness, he said, the specialness of my round is completely not impacted. This does not hold up to it. So I look, agree. How could you disagree? I, I texted ZB last night, and I was like, what, uh... What does Andy, his caddy who caddied for Johnny, yeah. what, is, what does Andy think about this? <laughs> and he texts him back, he goes, oh, Andy says Johnny's was five shots better. <laughs> At least. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Five shots better. At least. <laughs> <laughs> So good. I mean, hey, that guy. He's great. He would have been on there today, like DJ said, just roasting. You know, JT is like, I told you, 
the specialness of my route. You can't, you know, it's just different dynamic. It's one run. thing to do it on a Saturday. It's another to do it on a Sunday. That's right. Hey, can I throw one at you, Andy, real quick? Yeah. Do you think it's overrated or underrated? Is it wise or crooked to with the misdirection of an Illinois grad actually wearing Badger Red in Wisconsin? You know, I heard that his his daughter plays on the Wisconsin golf team. Uh, all right. So all right. Some <clears throat> some uh, pod listeners inform me. But Sounds like you're flip flip flopping. No, no, no. It's still very dishonest. <laughs> I think it's just good marketing. I think he's just playing to playing to the crowd. Yeah. It's like it's like the guy with like a Lakers sticker on his bumper yeah. and a Yankees sticker on his bumper. Just Let's more see people it. in the boat. Let's More see at the John Deere Classic what he wears. <laughs> I bet he'll have a little blue and orange out there. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. You can. It's a nuanced position. You're all about nuance. You know, I... Uh, Everything, everything's not black and white. Just broadening think, his base. I think yeah. he, he knows... He, he, he lives in Madison. He knows who bre- butters his bread. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He knows, he knows that, you know, when he hits the senior tour, there's going to be some... It's going to be some more local sponsorships, you know. I'll tell you what; he's got his Champions Tour event next week. Yeah, are they playing it. They playing it in uh, at U Ridge in, in Champagne, or are they playing it in Madison? <laughs> it's just the the daughter is a good cover. That makes sense. Yeah, he's okay. What? Hey, Leave Stricker what? alone. I'm guess sick what? of everyone piling on Stricker all the time. <laughs> when when, when... <laughs> just let the guy be. <laughs> Let me tell you when when uh how about he 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 surged to beat Jordan Ebrugge. He almost lost low Wisconsin. It's true. Oh, wow. He won low Illini. Predicted. I I don't even know if he is an Illini anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Yeah, we'll end it on that depressing note. <laughs> all right, well good week. Thanks for all the yeah. thanks for all the takes, Andy. Good stuff. Andy, brilliant stuff this week on the course. Really really appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I do what I can. Uh, not all heroes wear capes, right? <laughs> a a shining light, shining light in the <laughs> darkness of ignorant takes. Well, you know, I, 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 didn't, I did actually break my rule and talk about how far somebody hits it. That's <laughs> true. So, and well, I, it, was of, it was of note. Yeah. But then I'm a I, champ. Uh, yeah, then I, I misled Porath into a blade co- collar Sean Foley vortex. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's a nuanced character. Yeah. <laughs> hey, overrated, underrated, Sean Foley. Oof. I feel like he used to be overrated. Yep. And now it's cooled so that he might be underrated now. Totally the Rob thing. He got so yeah. overrated that he became underrated now. Yeah, I think. Exactly. So. You know, I, I'm going to go overrated just because Brandel and him teamed up to do like some segment together. I saw that. And I it saw just that. it made me cringe. It it What it, how how did Brandel do that? Uh, it's pretty uh, weak principle. <laughs> he gave in. Yeah, <laughs> I was shocked when I saw that. I it's a forthcoming show or something. It sounds like, but they 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 used some footage this week. I was I was shocked when I saw that. That's good to see guys bury the hatchet. Yeah, there can be peace in this world. Yeah, exactly. There can, but do you think that was because of uh, crookedness? <laughs> I don't know. It's a topic right. for the next podcast. We'll we'll leave it up in the air. We'll let we'll let the <laughs> listeners. That's good. This po- this saying. podcast provides more questions than answers, which is good. <laughs> exactly what you want. Yeah, any great art. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys have a uh, have a uh, great uh, night, and actually a really exciting week next week at the Travelers. What great oh. field! Oh yeah, yeah. one, two, and Fired three in the world. You know, it might they, there might be rumors that the Travelers is the new U.S. Open. 
That's what a lot of people are saying. Yeah, Phil. Many people are saying that. Yeah, <laughs> Phil. Phil believes that, right? Is he drivable that? par four, fifteen? You know, they were there first. Yeah, that's the one yeah. question. And I know we're wrapping up. That's the one question. Uh, would Brooks have won? Is there an asterisk on this U.S. Open <laughs> without Phil or Ti- first major without Phil or Tiger since 1994? <laughs> you know, again, I don't have the answer. I think we're just you know providing oh. more questions than answers. Let let the listeners so, decide. I got a great story from the media. Side. More like the more like the listener, I guess. An hour and five minutes into the podcast. We, we said we were going to do this like in 30 minutes. So I, this is a phenomenal story from the media center this week. Oh, I, God. I went to say hello to Jay Rigdon, who I'd never met before. and uh, Good guy. Great guy. And uh, right next to him is this guy. I, I forgot his name. Um, and he just pipes into our conversation and he goes, You know, I talked to Bones today for about... 15, 20 minutes, he says Phil is is going to try and come. And I, was it, Solly wasn't even there this week. <laughs> <laughs> so I turned, and I, and I you know, he, this guy's never met me. I turned, and I looked at him, and I go, you know, you know what I'm tired of? Talking about a guy that has zero chance to win this tournament. And I turned back <laughs> to Jay. I kept talking. <laughs> wow, savage! It was uh, Andy. Andy is better than anyone I know. Completely just icing down someone looking for a conversation. <laughs> it's all at the players firsthand. But he just completely puts a wall up and shoots it down right away. Amazing, amazing, preeminent talent. That just you must. Stop, you must be really. Uh, you must be really fun in elevators. <laughs> You know, I, I don't want people to get a wrong impression. I am very friendly, but you know, I had no, I didn't want to talk about Phil. I'd, I'd already seen eight thousand stories written about the same thing with no updates. <laughs> stories every day about the same exact thing, and I really didn't want to hear about it. <laughs> Man, so we'll we'll now end on that note. All right, all right, all right, all right guys. Thanks. Have a good one. Yeah.